Good morning and welcome to a Saturday morning, January the 8th, 2022 edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And uh, we are delighted that you've joined us again for another Saturday edition. Uh, We have a question for our listeners. How many of you know what redemption actually is? Uh, Sometimes it can be confused with other things like justification or sanctification, which are totally different doctrines, all interrelated, of course, but different. Uh, And they have crucially different aspects to them. And so today, Pastor has decided that uh, he'd like to, to tell us a little bit about ju- or about redemption. And I think we're going to be starting off in 1 Timothy, is what you said, right, Pastor? Well, we'll be in 1 Timothy. That's probably one of the first places we'll be. And then we'll be in the book of Revelation. We'll be in a lot of, we're going to look at a lot of verses. Okay, first. all right. Um, and this is going to be great information, so get your note-taking materials ready. Uh, and, uh, by the way, if I can just interject one note here on redemption, uh, it's the thing that I'm most grateful for. It's the, uh, it's in God's grace and mercy, both he's, he's provided that for me and, and for everybody else, if they'll take it. And, uh, it's what I'm most thankful for is my redemption through his blood. Yep. So pastor. Take it away, sir. All right. Um, Curtis, I, I, I don't know exactly where to start. I got a stack of notes. If they catch on fire, the city of East Peoria would burn down. And, yeah, so, so so bear with me, people. Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, uh, our listeners in Mexico, new, a new, yes, new country. Yes, thank you for reminding me. We do have some okay. new listeners in yeah. Mexico. Okay. Okay. Redemption. Um, one of my favorite verses in the scripture is found in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and he fasted for 40 days and and uh, was hungry. After all, he was in a human body. So he was hungry, and the devil came to him, and he said, If thou be the Son of God, Command that these stones be made bread. Yeah. And Jesus' answer rings throughout the halls of history. I'm telling you, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. By the way, where else was that written? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. So you want to get that? In your notes, it says the same thing. Man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God says it once, he means it. If he says it twice, he's emphasizing it. And so I like to do then word studies. Um, I have have a lot of, well, no, Curtis, we study and we teach for edification, education, uh, enthusiasm, uh, encouragement, enlightenment, and all of those things. And so uh, we hope that all of these things fall upon you as we as we teach. And I think, in my own personal opinion, one of the most wonderful, glorious, powerful 
particular pertinent words in the Bible is the word redemption and its and its family members redeem, redeemed, redeemer. Yeah. And there are and I'm going to go to some Greek words. Thank God for Strong's exhaustive concordance. Amen. There are five Greek words in the New Testament that describe and define the picture and the process of the wonderful doctrine of redemption. And so we're going to do those five. Now, this may take us more than an hour. So if I I need to shut up and start talking about the lesson, all right? So here's these five words. And they're Greek words. Now, understand, I'm not a Greek scholar, uh, but I do understand some of the Greek words. And there are five Greek words in the New Testament, five of them, that define and describe the picture and process of redemption. The first one we've come to is the, is the Greek word agorazo. Now, the root word there is agora. And in Greek society, there was agora was a marketplace. And uh, in the market, uh, what what people sold were slaves. Yeah. And uh, the slaves were purchased auction style, and they were sold to the highest bidder, and that bidder was the uh, uh, purchased that slave, and took him out of the slave market, took him home. Yeah. And uh, by the way everybody's in the slave market or was which one the slave market of sin the bible says oh, whoso sinneth yeah, is a one. servant of sin and so we were all there um there sadly there are millions that are still in the slave market who refuse to go out but here's what happened agarazzo that greek word means to go into the market to purchase and, and uh, Revelation 5, 9 says this, and they, and you'll have to look at this in context, and they sung a new song saying, praising the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. The world is the slave market of sin. And this word agorazo means to go into the slave market of sin and to buy up, yeah. to purchase. That's what Jesus Christ did. For God so loved the world. The marketplace is the world. That's right. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believed that in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so uh, Jesus Christ came into the slave market of sin. Agarazzo is like the, the modern day contemporary equivalent of going shopping. Yeah, going you know, shopping. I, I, I'm going with the intent to yeah. purchase yeah. something yeah, and by the way, distinctive. Yes. By the way, he bought everybody in the slave market. He sure did. Well, how come there are people still in the slave market? They'd rather stay there than to go with Jesus Christ. That's right. But agarazzo means to go into the market 
and to buy. First uh, Timothy, I think, I'll go to next. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, it says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners That's right. of whom I am chief. The Apostle Paul referred to himself as the chief of sinners with agarazzo to go into the marketplace, that is, into the world, and to buy uh, those people that were on the market, and that's us. We were on the slave bot. Mm -hmm. Jesus came in and bought us. By the way, he bought everybody. Everybody. Oh, everybody. Now, the next Greek word is a word, it, it says, uh, it's lutruo, and um, that means to pay the ransom and to set free. Look at Titus, right before Philemon, and right after Second Timothy. Titus chapter two, verse fourteen, which says this, talking about Jesus Christ being the antecedent here in verse thirteen. It says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he gave himself a ransom for all. So it, this says he, he, he gave himself a ransom or a, 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 from all iniquity. From all iniquity. To save it from all iniquity. Does that mean that we're no longer servants to sin? Ah, good question. Let's let's go back to the book of Romans. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3. Yeah. yeah. In, in the same chapter says, there's none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned. Right. And, and so, uh, and the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, right. but ah. the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And how did he give us this gift? He gave us this gift by Jesus was the highest bidder in this auction. Yeah. Yeah. He paid the highest price. He was, he paid the, he paid the price, the wages of sin is death. He paid that price by dying for our sins. And that's what Latruel is all about. He paid the ransom. The next word we find in Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. And the word is lutrosis. And that refers to those of us who have been redeemed. Those of us uh, who have been redeemed. Ransom, Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, used is the word that word is used. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, says this, In whom, that's Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now, Curtis, I want to answer your question. Does this mean we're no longer a servant to sin? It means we're no longer in the slave market of sin. We still sin. First John chapter says, if we say we have not sinned, 
we make God a liar. Yeah. Yeah. We still have the sin nature. Yeah. We're still redeemed. We've still been purchased. So, so the purchase is final. Oh, you're getting ahead of me. Okay. You've been reading my outlines again. <laughs> okay. So that's the word, the true. And the word lutrosis is talking about the ransomed or redeemed. Now the first or the next uh, word, the fourth word is ex agorazo. There's that agorazo and the word ex. Out of the market. Oh, you see, you're, you're getting ahead of me. That's good. It means to buy up and to take out of the market. Wow. That word is found in Galatians chapter 4. And I'll give you time to turn to it because it's going to take me time. It says, um, but when the, Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And that word there is ex agarazzo, and it means to take out of the marketplace. Now, do we still sin? Yes, but we're no longer on the auction block. We've been, we've been purchased. We've been bought. Sin can be looked at as a, as an inherited virus or something that's passed down. For as an Adam all die, the Bible says. Why? But not everybody has to die of that virus. There, there are certain treatments that can effectively okay. remove you from the terminal list, right? That's exactly right. And the one ingredient that matters the most is the redemption. You had to have been bought. That Christ provided with his own blood. Yeah. But everyone was bought. Everyone was everyone bought. Everyone was bought. Everybody had the opportunity. That's right. That's my lovely wife, Sharon, who's wise in the scriptures, who, when she dated me, she said, I would not have dated you if you did not know the scriptures better than I did. So, so she's wise in the scriptures and I had to get better at it if I wanted to keep her. <laughs> and I did 41 years now, Sharon, 42 years coming up. Okay. That's ex agarazzo. The fifth word is apple. Lutrosis, A-P-O, Lutrosis. And it means to accomplish or complete the transaction. That word is found in Romans chapter 3. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible, I tell you. Romans, I've got some favorite chapters. I don't know if I'm supposed to have favorites or not, but I do. Uh, in Romans 3, it says, um, it says this, uh, Verse 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Have sinned. By the way, we still sin. I don't like it, but it's still this Adamic nature that we have. And that's why redemption is important. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified or made just in the sight of God, justified freely. You don't have to do one darn thing because Jesus did it all for redemption. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption, apolotrosis of Jesus Christ. 
That's the finished product. And so, dear believer, I got through those words a little bit more quickly than I had suspected. But uh, uh, now, having a knowledge of those five Greek words and how they define and describe the picture and the process of redemption, uh, Jesus went into the marketplace. He went in to, to uh, buy and buy us up. And after he bought us, we were the ransomed or the redeemed. And then he bought us up and he took us out of the market. See, we don't serve sin anymore. We still sin. We don't serve it. Okay. Uh, and then apolytrosis, the transaction is complete. It's complete. There's nothing more to be done. He bought us. He was the perfect propitiation for our sins for our sin. the word propitiation means to satisfy the debt that's right and he did that he Perfectly satisfied, satisfied our sin debt. that's right in front of god yep. um and so uh, that, that's a brief uh, greek study okay a greek word study okay and that and that is that tells you the picture yeah. and the process of redemption and sharon has a question would you consider this a display of God's perfect grace? Of, of course. She says, would I consider that the display, a perfect display of God's grace? And it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely. There's nothing in any of these Greek words that says that you and I have to do anything to be redeemed. Right. Now, who are those that, that are redeemed? They are those for whom Jesus went into the marketplace of sin, paid the purchase price, and he did that for all men. Titus chapter 2 says he gave himself a ransom for all, for all. By the way, if you're not saved, you are still in the marketplace of sin. And the thing that doesn't change is that Jesus Christ came into the marketplace to buy you and take you out of that marketplace of sin. He released your chains. Yeah. He broke your chains, but he can't make you walk out the gate. He won't do it. God never forces anybody to be saved. Right. He gave his only son that whosoever believeth on him that's the one thing that we have to do. I That's guess. the one thing we... The only yeah. thing we have to do is believe. Yeah. And and so why are there still people in the marketplace? Well, it, it's, it's really a difficult thing to understand that we're telling you how to be redeemed. We're telling you why you were redeemed. We're telling you what the price was. We're telling you... And, and, and if you stay in the marketplace, that's up to you but not but but uh, jesus now by the way it would seem that by the definition of these words that everybody is saved but they're not and trust me no no don't trust me trust the word trust the word of god we'll say that a lot of times okay so jesus in john chapter 6 he's given a message and he says, 
in uh, John chapter 6, verse 63, uh, it is the spirit that quickeneth or that maketh alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. Now look at this next, look at this next sentence. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Isn't that interesting? Jesus always knew from the very beginning there, there would be some people who would be who would not be saved because they would not believe. He knew that. But listen to how big and wide grace is. Jesus came and gave his life a ransom for everybody, even those whom he knew would not believe him. And precious listeners, today, God already knows and already knew what your condition would be like today. <laughs> and what is your condition today? Have you been redeemed? Well, the price has been paid. But there's two aspects to the uh, administration of redemption. And I believe we might all get this in in the first half hour, Curtis. I was surprised. I've left a lot of stuff out. Okay. <laughs> can, can I throw one, one thing in? You sure can. How about Romans 5, 8 through 11? Romans 5, 8 through 11. Yep. This, this helps you to understand the process even clearer. I think in, so. In my opinion. But, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, and we couldn't fellowship with him. Right. We were his enemies. Yeah. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Uh, we could go on and on where for us one by one man sinner of the world, that was Adam, and death by sin, that's the wages of sin. And so death is passed upon all men for that all have sinned. He provided the opportunity for everyone. Everybody. If you're listening to a sinful to state, being an enemy of God, he died for you anyway. He did. He did. I mean, what manner of love? Yeah. yeah. What manner of love? Greater love hath no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friends. That's it. Greater love hath no man than this. We couldn't do it. No. And you know why we couldn't do it? Because we're not perfect. We're not sinless. And who was the only sinless one? Jesus Christ. And he, and in the Gospel of John, he uh, confronted his disciples. He says, which of you convinces me of sin? Yeah. And they couldn't. That's right. And why not? Because he was a virgin-born male. Right. That is, he was... He, uh, 
He was not conceived by man's seed, but by God's seed. Mm -hmm. And so he did not inherit the Adamic sin nature. So he is not only the payment for our sin, he's the only, the only payment for your sin. The Pope can't save you. Your pastor cannot save you. You got to Well, and just because in your past you may have rejected him verbally. Yeah. Not just in your mind, but verbally in front of others does not disqualify you. That's from exactly having that opportunity to believe. To, as long as you live you have an opportunity mm -hmm. to believe. Mm -hmm. And so and so Jesus Christ went into the slave market of sin, paid the ransom, took his possession out of the slave market, set the ransom free, and thereby completed the transaction. That's what those five Greek words say uh, in, in, in effect. So um, now I've got a, I'm going to give you an outline. It's nicely alliterated. We'll probably have to go into the next part of the of, of our of our hour, and here and and I've preached this message several times in churches over over the the years, and and I and I I just love it. I I have it in my uh, in my stash of outlines, and I pull it out pretty frequently. And I just I I said, my goodness, I love this message. I hope you do too, folks. And here's the outline of this message. Are you ready? How about that for an introduction? We <laughs> to get into our outline. Okay. Um, there are two aspects of the administration of redemption. First of all, there's the present administration, and that deals with the soul and the spirit. Okay. Now, if you're taking notes, uh, Roman numeral one is the present aspect, soul and spirit. And capital letter A is the person of redemption. Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, says it quite succinctly. It says this. Um, uh, let's begin verse with verse four, Ephesians one. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without but blame before him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children. He didn't predestine us to be saved. He predestined us to be to be to have to be adopted. Redemption is not predestination. It's God's foreknowledge. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom, that's Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Colossians 1.14 says much the same thing. We'll just let the let's, let's let the scripture speak. Colossians 1 14 says this um, in whom we have redemption 
through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. There he says it. There he says it again. And so the person of redemption is the purchaser, Jesus Christ, who bought us in the slave market and took us out and thereby has redeemed us. So Jesus Christ is the person of redemption. Then capital letter B, again, if you're taking these notes and making an outline, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. The person is Jesus Christ and the price is his blood. We already read Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Matthew chapter 23, 35 says essentially the same thing. Luke chapter 22, verse 20 says the same thing. The price of redemption is the blood of Jesus Christ. I see we've got a few seconds left in this first half hour. So let's go to capital letter C, which is the third point in the present uh, administration of redemption. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. While you're turning there, and I have turned there, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 19 and 20. Says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Mm -hmm. 